Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to dive into a topic that is really not talked about very often, but it's how to have a God-honoring girls' night. Or in other words, how to spend time with your female friends in a healthy and God-honoring way. I know for me, I started getting together with girlfriends and just hanging out when I was in my early teen years. And even though I was often with Christian friends, we sort of had this recipe or formula that we would always follow every time we would get together for a girls' night. And it usually went something like this. Watch a chick flick, gossip, eat, talk about guys, and then repeat the whole process. I attended so many sleepovers and girl get-togethers in those years that really just consisted of nothing but junk food, binge-watching movies, analyzing available guys, and gossiping about the latest sagas that were unfolding around us in our little circles. There really was nothing very edifying about these activities. In fact, I usually came home feeling sort of depressed and empty because spending time with friends was supposed to be fun and uplifting and relaxing. But it just made me feel sort of hollow when we spent our time on such frivolous things, not to mention I felt guilty subconsciously about participating in conversations and activities that I knew were really not honoring to God. When I fully surrendered my life to Christ in my mid-teen years, I really knew that this was an area of my life that God wanted me to approach differently. So as I grew older, I was really seeking out healthy female friendships where we could really spend time doing things that would be God-honoring and not just trivial and frivolous and selfish. But I found that this was really easier said than done because our culture does not really promote the idea of healthy female friendships and spending time in a God-honoring way. There's kind of the cultural pattern for how you're supposed to spend your time when you get together with friends. And even as I grew older, I found that a lot of Christian women were programmed for just certain type of behavior around other women. Long after my teen years had passed, I was constantly being invited to women's gatherings that That really just reminded me of maybe a slightly more mature version of those high school sleepover days. In my 20s, I remember attending a Christian bridal shower, and the majority of the women spent the evening drinking wine, gossiping, and basically just bashing their husbands. I remember thinking that it was such an irony to hear so many women bad-mouthing their husbands at a party that was supposed to be celebrating an upcoming marriage. I remember another time a group of Christian women that I was with spent the evening talking about their favorite movies and TV shows and celebrities, and then getting into a heated discussion about which Hollywood guys, Hollywood actors, were the most attractive and desirable. And even since having children and being in more mom type of circles, I've noticed that a lot of the mom support groups that are out there seem to really center around criticizing others under the banner of processing our emotions and being open and honest. Really, over the past 20 years, I've come to realize that it is such a rare gift to find Christian women who know how to spend time together in a truly edifying and God-honoring way. It seems that we often think that letting our spiritual guard down around our female friends is just normal and even justifiable. 
because our culture is always promoting this kind of self-indulgent behavior with the idea that, hey, go ahead, let loose, have some fun, you deserve it. The idea is that women today are under so much pressure in their daily lives from family, work, society, etc., that it's somehow our right to get together with our girlfriends and just act however we want. Somehow following that cultural girls' night recipe of watching chick flicks, gossiping, eating, talking about guys, or some variation of that type of, of activity is supposed to relieve our stress and help us become better equipped to face our day-to-day challenges. But the question is, does it really better equip us to face our day-to-day challenges? I know that for me personally, whenever I've been at a gathering of friends that was worldly and self-indulgence, I have always walked away feeling unsettled and agitated. On the other hand, whenever I've spent time with women who truly honor God and others with their actions and conversations, I've been revived and strengthened. The Bible warns against the behavior of certain women in the church who, quote, wander about from house to house, not only being idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. That's in 1 Timothy 5.13. And that is a sadly accurate picture of all too many Christian women's gatherings today, whether high schoolers or middle-aged moms. Now, it's certainly true that spending time with our female friends can be a refreshing and wonderful experience, but it's all too easy to fall into the harmful patterns that the Bible warns against if we are not purposeful about how we choose to spend those girls' nights. The culture tells us that gossiping, talking about guys, and self-indulgence are the best ways to have fun with our girlfriends. But God has a completely different model, one that is refreshing, edifying, and really does strengthen us for the daily challenges of life. I want to look at one practical way to exchange harmful girls' night activities for God-honoring ones. Let's look at gossip. That is one of the number one things that women do when we get together with each other. And oftentimes, we don't recognize it as gossip. A lot of times, it's just under the banner of debriefing or processing our emotions or you know just being open and honest and sharing our feelings. But we really need to look at gossip for what it is and come up with a God-honoring alternative when we get together with our female friends. It's no secret that God hates gossip and discord in the body of Christ. You can look all throughout scripture and see that. But so often we justify gossip among our girlfriends because it's done under the banner of honesty or processing. A common mentality today is that if we don't openly talk about our hurts, our gripes, and our complaints towards others, then we're not really being authentic and open with our sisters in Christ. Many of us have been told that keeping our personal grievances to ourselves is prideful and wrong. When Christian women vent their frustrations on social media or to each other in a women's gathering, they're often met with comments like, thank you for being real, or I appreciate your honesty. But honesty that criticizes or slanders others is not true honesty at all. And we've talked about that in other episodes. Despite what is popular in many Christian circles, the Bible does not command us to share our personal gripes and grievances with our Christian sisters in Christ. The Bible does tell us never to dishonor others with our words. I've spoken in other episodes about an experience that I had in third grade when a girl in my class was constantly being the brunt of gossip and you know just people talking about her behind her back and my mom sat down with me and talked to me about the seriousness of gossip and I've just never forgotten that lesson. 
she read me the scripture in Proverbs 6 where it says, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers, which is basically the same as gossip. And it was really eye-opening for my mom to share with me at that young age that God puts gossip and spreading strife among the body of Christ at the same level as hands that shed innocent blood. And so as we talked, I, I really felt convicted at the age of nine years old that I needed to take a stand against gossip. And I've, I've detailed the story in another episode, but I went back to school and stood up for the girl that was constantly being talked about behind her back. And it really changed her life. And I, I remember just being amazed to see how just one person standing against that gossip and saying, we're not going to talk about that anymore. We're not going to do this to her um, really changed the whole course of how she was being treated that year. And years later, she wrote me a letter, probably when we were both about 16 years old, we had totally lost contact with each other, lived in different states. But she wrote me a letter saying how much that one decision on my part to stand against that gossip against her changed her life. And it was such a powerful lesson for me that, you know, in the moment when you're talking so casually and and putting somebody else down in a subtle way, it may seem like a small thing, but it's something that God hates. And it really can destroy our lives and the lives of those that we're attacking. God compares gossip to other sins like evil scheming and murdering the innocent. So we need to understand the seriousness of what gossip really is. Now, the Bible does not mince words about our responsibility as Christians to stand against gossip. So we're told not to merely avoid speaking words of gossip, but to avoid other believers who do. Proverbs 20.19 goes so far as to tell us, do not associate with a gossip. And 1 Corinthians 5.11 says that we are not even to eat with Christians who engage in slander. In 2 Corinthians, Paul expresses concern over the state of one of the Corinthian churches. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. I fear there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. This verse paints a detailed image of what happens when gossip is entertained among Christians. When gossip is left untended, it leads to complete relational chaos, and it produces believers who behave in the very opposite of the nature of Christ. How can we possibly obey God's call to be the light of the world when we are engulfed in a dysfunctional mess of discord, jealousy, gossip, and slander? So as Christian women, I believe we must be extra vigilant against the pitfall of gossip. Men tend to express their issues with each other in a more out-in-the-open way, like maybe getting into a heated debate or even a street brawl, but women are prone to attacking each other with subtlety. Gossip is usually the weapon of choice when a woman wants to hurt another woman. And Paul's description of the Corinthian church, discord and jealousy and selfish ambition and slander and gossip and disorder and arrogance, so perfectly describes a lot of high school cliques and college sororities, which is very sad. 
So I would encourage you to beware of falling into the trap of gossip simply because you are around other women who are doing it and maybe you feel you don't have any choice but to listen to it or participate in it. Really, God has called you not to just avoid speaking gossip, but to take a stand against it. And that might mean defending someone who is being slandered, or it might mean walking out of the room. It might mean bluntly telling those who are gossiping that you don't uh, want to listen to it, don't want to hear what they have to say. And yes, it might cause some moments of tension, but taking a stand to say, I stand with, with Jesus, I stand with his way, his pattern, his nature is going to make an impact, even though it might cause momentary discomfort or social awkwardness. The other thing to remember is that we so often think we have to process our emotions and our grievances with our Christian uh, sisters in Christ, but really Jesus wants us to take those burdens to his feet and cast our care upon him first and foremost. There may be a godly sister in Christ that you can... um, graciously and respectfully and honorably share some of your struggles with, but even then it should be done in a way that does not dishonor other people. And so often we skip the step of running to Jesus and laying our cares at his feet. We need to remember that he is a far better listener and comforter than any group of girlfriends ever could be. So instead of feeling like you need to process your gripes and grievances with your girlfriends, I encourage you to take them to the feet of Jesus first, and you will be amazed that you find what your soul is longing for at the feet of Jesus. Again, you can still process things with with a Christian trusted godly woman, but be really careful that that is not a replacement for taking your cares to the feet of Jesus and be very purposeful about always being honorable when you're sharing your struggles. So the long and short is that when you're getting together with your female friends, that is not the time and the place to be talking about your frustrations with other people. And even though so many of us default into gossip or variations of gossip, when we get together with girlfriends, we need to go in a totally different direction. And I'd like to propose a God-honoring alternative to gossip, and it's encouragement. If we don't spend time gossiping or sharing our grievances when we get together with our girlfriends, what should we talk about? There are a lot of God-honoring options, but I really believe that one of the most uplifting forms of communication among Christian women is encouragement. Yet this is often neglected in our get-togethers with other Christian women. But when we take the time to tell our sisters in Christ about the godly qualities that we see in them, it is tremendously edifying, and it can even be life-changing. I remember a number of years ago, I was really struggling with discouragement. The enemy was always whispering to my soul that I was falling short in every area of my life. Around that time, several women in my life wrote me letters telling me how they had seen reflections of Christ in my life. I have never forgotten the impact of those words. Their encouragement deeply refreshed me and pushed the enemy's voice far into the background. In recent years, I've been blessed with friends who understand the value of sharing genuine words of encouragement. When one of us is going through a major life change, like moving or getting married, or on special occasions like birthdays, we often get together simply for the purpose of sharing encouragement with that person. Some write simple letters of life-giving words. Others share significant scriptures. Others talk about positive things that they've observed in their friend's life. 
the person receiving the encouragement and the one giving it are always incredibly refreshed and uplifted. Now, you don't have to wait for a special occasion to share words of encouragement with your sisters in Christ. Girls' nights or other women's gatherings provide a perfect opportunity to let your friends know what you appreciate about them. If you feel like you're often at a loss for words, you don't really know what to say, you want to encourage your sisters in Christ, but you're not really sure how to do it, I would encourage you to take some time in advance to prayerfully consider which specific person God may want you to encourage and what he would want you to say. If you don't think you'll remember those thoughts on the spot, then take some time to write them down in the form of a letter to your friend or just notes that can remind you of what you wanted to share. Encouraging your sisters in Christ is the opposite of engaging in gossip. Instead of tearing others down with your words, you're building them up. God's word says that we are to pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Godly encouragement is a wonderful way to fulfill this commission. Even if you feel like you are the one in need of encouragement, remember that Jesus said is more blessed to give than to receive. If you simply take the step towards encouraging your friends instead of waiting for someone to encourage you, you'll be uplifted and blessed in a life-changing way. Some final thoughts that I want to share with you. We should never look at girl get-togethers as a chance to just let down and live selfishly. If God's word says that even our eating and drinking should be done for the glory of God, doesn't it stand to reason that our get-togethers with female friends should also bring glory to him as well? Prayerfully evaluate this area of your life and look for ways that you can begin bringing edifying conversation into your get-togethers with your friends. You will be so uplifted and refreshed when you learn how to spend time with friends in a God-honoring way. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. For more on living a Christ-centered life and being set apart for Him in every area of your daily life, please visit us at setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there. I pray that you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.